Welcome to Sisters Inc., our podcast for and about women business owners, brought to you by Black Enterprise. I'm your host, Elisa Gumps. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And on every episode of Sisters Inc., we'll sit down with one successful CEO and share how she slays the challenges of being a Black woman in business. Today's episode is all about building your practice into a big business. We're chatting with everyone's favorite closing attorney and one of the stars of OWN's Ladies Who List, Tiffany Hawes, the founder of multi-million dollar legal practice, the Hawes Law Firm, LLC. Welcome to Sisters Inc., Tiffany, and thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thanks so much, Elisa, for having me. I'm excited to share my journey and to help somebody if they're on their journey and they just don't know how to get there. I like to start my conversations with entrepreneurs with the how and the why. So how people ended up doing what it is that they do. Take us back. What first drew you to law? I was seven or eight years old and I was watching one of those judge shows, Judge Judy or whatever. And it was like divorce court. And I remember like explicitly telling my mom, When I get older, I'm going to be a lawyer so that if my husband divorces me, I'm going to kick him out of my house instead of getting kicked out of his house. And so it was it was a joke, but it was something that was like seriously planted in me at that young of an age, because everything that I did from that point on was further in furtherance of me, you know, becoming a lawyer. Now, practicing real estate was different, but becoming a lawyer. Yes. Well, uh, A, I love how you had your priorities in order. You were like, I'm going to kick him out of my house and I'm going to have the legal skills to do it. Um, But -hmm. you mentioned practicing real estate was different from, you know, law. So what made you go into residential real estate law? It was all by coincidence and accident. When I think of law, I think of going to the courtroom you know, in front of a judge, in front of a jury, pleading my case or my client's case and winning. I never thought that there was a transactional side to law until it was when I was graduating um, undergrad, I was heading into law school, but ended up getting pregnant. And so that kind of pushed my law school journey to the side. But instead, I went and got a paralegal certificate and got my first job at a real estate law firm, literally just sent my resume out there to whoever law firm and the people that called me back was a real estate law firm. So that was my first introduction to there being law in real estate. In 2014, you founded the Hawes Law Firm. Why did you choose to start your own practice? I had worked for attorneys for so many years and I had no interest in going to law school, accumulating $300,000 worth of debt, and then going working for another lawyer. The atmosphere at law firms is it's a very conservative. It's very stressful. It's very, very transactional. And none of those things are me. And it was Like, if I'm going to spend this money, get this degree, I'm going to do everything on my own terms. And that is just what I chose to do at that time. One of my college classmates said something to me once that has stuck with me ever since. Um, They're a doctor. And they said that 
professionals go through years and years of schooling and training to be able to practice medicine or in your case, practice law, but no one ever teaches them the business side. So they Mm -hmm. might be a great doctor or a great lawyer, but they have zero idea how to run a practice. Um, What was the learning curve like for you when you started your own practice? The learning curve was quick. Your friend is exactly right. I knew how to process a file. I knew everything that I needed to know about real estate. But when I got licensed and I opened up and I thought that because I opened up, everybody was just going to flock to me. I was quickly realized that that was not the case. I remember walking into these large real estate brokerages that had, you know, where the real estate agents were like, Hey guys, I'm Tiffany. Here's my card. I do closings. Come do business with me. And they would literally look at me like I was stupid. And I'm like, how does this work? Like, how are people out here getting business? I then started going to networking, traditional networking. Hi, I'm Tiffany. Same thing. And what you quickly realize is people already have their relationships in this industry. And you have to figure out what your niche is and how you're going to develop your own relationships. And so... It was very disheartening at first, but then I found the power of social media and I saw that there was no other real estate lawyer out here, especially that looked like me, that was doing anything on social media. And I took Instagram and I went and took some photos. I started DMing real estate agents. Nobody's seen a young black female as a closing attorney in Atlanta area. So people were intrigued, interested. And I got my first client. And from there on, I just kept pushing social media. And it really opened up to the Hawes Law Firm being a multi-million dollar law firm owned by a black woman. Wow. Social media has been such a game changer for so many businesses, especially so many of our businesses, because like it democratizes everything and gives you direct Mm -hmm. access and and another channel. So we're going to get back to some of the tactics Um, in a minute. But as you were building the business side of it, where did you turn for like help or for advice when you got stuck? Were there certain people or books or podcasts or other resources that were really helpful to you? I knew how to handle a real estate transaction from front to beginning. And so I didn't necessarily need help with that. I needed help on how I was going to do this and build this and my bills still be paid. And that's where a wonderful husband came in the picture. So my husband is so supportive of me. So people are always like, well, how did you do it? You know, when you didn't make any money, how are you paying your bills? My first response always is I had a whole husband. And I know that that made my path easier because if I wasn't worried about bills, that means I could focus all my time and energy into growing my practice and figuring it out. I do like to figure things out on my own. I feel like I will be my best teacher by figuring it out versus listening to podcasts or having just a mentor where you can just ask, ask, ask. And so I didn't necessarily have that. I had the people who taught me all these years, the relationships that I made with my former employers. So if I did have a question regarding the law, I would reach back out to them. 
but I'm a information seeker on my own. So it was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm not going, I didn't want, I didn't like a lot of advice because people tell you what you want to hear and not necessarily what it really takes in order to be successful. Wow. Your firm is now a multi-million dollar practice. If you had to break down the keys to success, what are some of the things that got the firm to this level? I know you mentioned social media and please, you know, share some of the exact tactics you use, but you know, what else would you say if you had to be like, this is how I did it? I would first say become an expert at whatever you're doing. Learn everything, know everything, because if you do, people want to get information from those who really know what they're doing. And so if you have your hand in so many different buckets and you know a little bit about this, a little bit about this, a little bit about this, I feel like you'll be less successful um, if you were an expert on this one thing. And from that one thing, it can sprout other things. The next thing I would say is consistency, consistency in your business, consistently marketing, even when things are great. Things can turn really quick, especially in real estate. So you have to stay consistent in your marketing, whatever that is, minus social media. So continuing to post, continuing to give super good information out to the public where um, they can understand the, all the different nuances and in, in real estate and in law and how that could affect them. Focus, being completely focused. Like if you want something, doing everything to get that something, no matter the obstacles that come up, you know, I got pregnant, you know, I could have said, Oh, no, I'm just gonna not go to law school. No, I put law school on hold. And I went and got a paralegal certificate. So it wasn't me going to law school. But at that time, it was the next best thing for me to do. From there, um, actually getting myself together so that I can go to law school and actually going to law school. So no matter what came about, I stayed focused on the goal. It didn't mean that, you know, I achieved my goal in the time frame that I thought I was going to, because when you add in kids and you add in a husband, like your life is completely different. You can't just focus on yourself or focus on your dreams you also have to be there, you know, for your family. But in that same point that I'm making, you can't let your family detour you either. You have to be so focused where you got to juggle them all and you got to be great at them all and you got to figure it out until you do accomplish your dreams. So becoming an expert, being focused and staying consistent. To me, those are the ingredients for success. You mentioned marketing and branding is clearly a big part of your strategy. How did you become known as hashtag everyone's favorite closing attorney? Being me, being authentic to who Tiffany is. You know, when people think of lawyers, they think of suits, they think of conservatism, they think of, you know, Older white men, oftentimes, they don't think of people who look like me. So a lot of times when I walk into rooms, they don't even know that I'm an attorney. And I love it that way um, because I want you to get to know me, who I am, because ultimately in business, that's who people want to do business with. They want to do business with people who are relatable, who they can see themselves in. 
And I think being my authentic self, even though it doesn't or it didn't fit in the realm of what other people thought lawyers should look like, what lawyers should talk like, how lawyers should run their business. To me, that was the best thing that I ever could have did is not try to fit within that mold, just be myself. And that attracted the audience, the clients that I wanted because they simply wanted to do business with somebody that they wanted to do business with, not somebody that they would assume that because they look this way, because they talk this way, that they would have their best interest. They knew that number one, I knew what I was talking about, but I'm so relatable and so just simply Tiffany that it makes it easier for them to do business with me and for their clients to do business with me. Yeah. Are there any specific branding tips or social media tips that you can share with other professionals as they're building their practices? Stay in front of your audience. Um, a lot of times people are so hesitant to post because, oh, I don't look the best or I don't have professional photography or professional videography. You have what you have. And I always tell people, you look how you look, you know, like you look how you look. So be happy with who you are, because oftentimes the professional videos, the ones where we're all made up, get half the views and likes and shares than the one where you got your ponytail in and you're just given like just good information. Those are the videos that go viral. Those are the videos that people want to see. They, they don't want to, I mean, they do like seeing the really pretty and all of that stuff, but people like raw content. They like to watch and listen from people that they feel are human. And so one of my biggest tips to people is don't let you stop you from getting to the money. Like stop caring about every little picture or every video or wanting everything to be perfect because you're not perfect and you don't look fantastic all the time. We all have our days where, you know, it's a struggle, but don't let that stop you from posting, from continuing to represent your business. Yeah. And as you said, audiences are not looking for perfect. They're looking for relatable. Yes, exactly. As we talk about ways to raise your professional profile, many people came to know of you through the reality TV show, Ladies Who List, on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Tell us about your choice to do a reality show based around business. Well, I always tell people I was never looking to be on television, but when you are that expert in your market and people start knowing you and everybody is flocking to you because you are doing amazing at what you do, opportunities will come from that. And that's where reality TV came in at. People saw what I was doing. They wanted a show about real estate in Atlanta. And when you think about real estate in Atlanta and you start researching that, you see me everywhere. Remember, like I'm everyone's favorite clothes attorney. And so you can't help but to notice and take a look like, hey, who is this lady? Who, what is she doing? And that's how the opportunity came to me. And so for the world, it was, oh, this is a black businesswoman in Atlanta doing real estate. But for our Atlanta metro area, people in this industry, 
they definitely knew who I was because I had spent so many years telling and conveying the message of who I was on the internet. Yeah. What are some of the lessons you learned while you were balancing that role as reality star with still being the boss of a nine to five that's doing real business every day? That's where that focus comes in at. Remember, <laughs> like, my money comes from my law firm. My money does not come from reality television. And so putting that in perspective and knowing that I still had to run my business in a way where my law firm, you know, was definitely more important than anything. And so setting my staff up, making sure that I had complete coverage, that I had trusted staff members that when I was not there and in the office, that business would go on as usual. And I set my business up that way. So for me, with reality TV, it was definitely a balancing act because I wasn't in the office as much, but I had trained my staff in a way where people did not even realize like business was still going good. My clients were still happy and still, you know, ecstatic with how we did business and everybody was being serviced. So it was it was still a balancing act, but business went on. Yeah. You just mentioned a number of things that usually come up when you talk to people who, as I mentioned, professionals know their trade. They don't always know how to run a business. You talked about managing an office, hiring people, training. Like, were all of those things that you learned through trial and error? Most definitely. I'm a perfectionist. And I'm also a black business owner and they honestly go hand in hand. When you are a black business owner, a lot of times we get scrutinized way more than our counterparts. And it's difficult because we're not perfect and we will make mistakes. But when we make mistakes, it's bigger than when our white counterparts makes those same mistakes. We have to prove to people that we are not that black business that has horrible customer service or that black business that doesn't respond or is not knowledgeable. And so for me, because I'm a perfectionist, whether I was black, white or whatever, and I want things to be perfect, it really assisted me in getting my business to where it was because I wasn't taking any shortcuts when it came to anything. If I saw a space in my business that needed work, I'm going to work on it. If somebody said, you know, our communication timeline was longer than usual, we're going to work on this. We're going to perfect this. And so over time, it definitely is a trial and error thing. But as you grow in business, as you get more clientele, as you kind of understand what your people need. Um, it really is easy to mold my business in a way where I'm catering to all of that. And that's what I've just managed to do over the years. Yeah. So getting back to ladies who list, um, we did a whole separate podcast episode about leveraging reality TV to build your business. You mentioned the people in the area already knew about you. The world was sort of being introduced to you through the show, but it's such a huge platform. How did you leverage all of that exposure to continue to help build your practice? I think with reality TV, 
and the exposure that it gives you, it can go one way or the other. And the way that I chose to handle my reality TV experience was still continuing to be authentically Tiffany. And so when people watched the show and when people met me in person, they were like, you really are the same person. Like you really came across as one of the only castmates that wasn't putting on for television. And so continuing that being authentically Tiffany naturally draws people to want to do business with you and to want to be um, surrounded by you or just in some way or form be connected to you because they feel like, you know, oh, she's just like me. So in some ways, it just continued my brand of you can be successful being who you are. You don't have to change for television. You don't have to change for your clients. You don't have to change who you are. You know, a lot of people talk about code switching. When you get into different rooms, you know, you start acting this way. And in some instances, we always have to do a little code switching. But for me, 90% of the time, you're going to get authentic Tiffany. And me carrying that onto the show just really raised my brand in the sense of, you know what? She is who she is. I can trust her. I can believe in what she says because she's not changing, you know, for the television or she's not switching it up on us because of this, that, and the other, because of the opportunity. Yeah. Before we go, Tiffany, I have to say, I loved looking at the attorney's page on your firm's <laughs> website. It's you and three other Black women attorneys, and the Black girl magic is just like popping right off the page. Yeah. Any advice you can share for other Black women entrepreneurs out there about growing together? I say surround yourself with women who are on the same page as you, women who you can not only, because a lot of times it's not just the business that we need to talk about. A lot of times it's the, man, my kids are sick or, you know, I'm fighting with my husband, but my clients still need me. How do I do this? How do I figure this out? A lot of times we just need, you know, that pep rally around us. And so what my suggestion to you is, if you are a mom, make sure you have some business mom friends. If you are a wife, make sure you have some business wife friends so that not only you can go to for business advice, but when you feel like you're in that hole of just trying to keep it all together or trying to find that balance that doesn't exist, you have people around you that can Number one, identify with where you are and really how you feel in that moment. And that can help you up, um, assist you in multi, a multitude of different ways to get you to a place where, you know, you're able to continue running your business. You're able to continue being a great mom in your mom's space or a great wife in your wife's space um, and a great businesswoman, you know, in your business space. So surrounding yourself with like-minded people and also adding value to their lives as well. When people talk about mentorship or all these different things, you got to make sure that you're bringing something to the table too, 
You can't just take and take and question and question from other people. You have to make sure that you're also fulfilling their lives in some type of way as well. So being there for other people, just as much as when you need them to be there for you. That is such great advice. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for sharing your small business success story. Everyone out there, please take a look at the company website, thehawslawfirm.com, and that's H-A-W-E-S. You can also follow them on Instagram and LinkedIn at The Hawes Law Firm or on Facebook and Twitter at Hawes Law Firm. And of course, you can follow Tiffany on Instagram at Tiffany Hawes underscore closing attorney or on TikTok at closing attorney Hawes. That's right. She told you social media was important. You didn't think she would just be on Instagram, right? Check out the podcast channel on blackenterprise.com to find Sister Zinc and other podcasts from Black Enterprise editors, writers, and experts. Be sure to subscribe to Sister Zinc on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube. And if you like what you hear, show us some love by leaving a five-star review or put a sister on by spreading the word. This is Elisa Gums with Sister Zinc for Black Enterprise. Thank you for listening.